I'm sitting here thinking Oh Lord Welcome to 96.3 OHM Radio. This is Tales from the Manor, presented by Enough Pie. Enough Pie is a nonprofit organization in Charleston's Upper Peninsula that uses creativity to connect and empower the community. Tales from the Manor features a conversation with residents of Joseph Floyd Manor with me, Jay Smith, and my co-host, Summer Anderson. Joseph Floyd Manor is a public housing high-rise in Charleston's Upper Peninsula filled with unique and wise elders who have incredible stories to share with the world. We're here to shine a little light on these neighbors and learn more about the people who came before us. Thank you for listening. Today I'd like to welcome our special guest, James Mack. Thank you for joining us in the studio today, James. How are you doing? It's a pleasure to be here. Fine. I'm all right. That's great. We're glad you're here, James. Yes, ma'am. We're going to take it back to the beginning of James Mack. Right. And I want to ask you where and when you were born, and can you share a little about your childhood? Yes, I was born and raised right here in Charleston, South Carolina, in North Charleston on a little place called Jacksonville Road. We used to call it the Bama. I had a, a wonderful childhood, a very wonderful childhood growing up. You know, being disciplined, I was glad mm-hmm. to be raised like that. You know what I'm saying? I had a wonderful mother. Did you have any siblings? Yes, I had three brothers, two sisters. And where were you in the lineup? I was the second. The second. My sister was the oldest. Okay. What's your favorite memory from your childhood? Well, being raised right for one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, being coming up with um, people that respected each other back then. I can speak honestly and respectfully back them days. We didn't have nothing to worry about. I mean... These days right here, to me, is a little bit more off the chain, you know, with what's going on. But back in those days, we didn't have anything to worry about. It's just like one child had three and four mamas. Nowadays, you know, some baby have one. So those days were there was a blessing to me and everybody at my age, and I thank God for all that. That's wonderful. I know you uh, mentioned that you grew up in the North Charleston area, correct? Right. And you were telling me on the way here that it has changed tremendously. Yes, it has. Uh, back then, we didn't have, like, houses was, like, two and three blocks from each other. Uh-huh. Was, and you'll see about a little neighborhood was just like a little neighborhood here. And then you go, like, a half a mile, you see a lot of little neighborhood here. It ain't like houses right on, on top of each other. Right. You know, everybody had this space. That's why you didn't have much crime, because everybody, like, associate with this. When they go outside, people go out to, like, picnics, go to church, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? We had to walk to church, but it was going to church. Right. You know? Yeah, and so even just seeing that change and that dynamic of then and now, how do you feel about uh, the place you grew up changing so much? I mean, there's not much I can do about it, but um, it's changed tremendously. You know, I mean, back then, like, rent and stuff was like $25 for three-bedroom houses. Wow. Houses was more bigger than what is now. You know, we were paying, like, hardly no water bill. Light bill was very, very cheap. You know, right now it takes you, like, five or $6,000 to go get in a luxury apartment now. But it only takes $25 to go get your big three-bedroom house with an attic. So I think it was more amazing than it is now. Yeah. People struggling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
So, I mean, I can't, this is the law, this is the way things change. Mm -hmm. You know, I just thank God I came along during that time in order to realize what was what mm -hmm. and what it is now, right. you know. Yeah. Are there any stories your family used to tell about you that come to mind? No, not really, except I ran away from home a couple of times. You uh, did? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> well, you know. Do you remember why you were mad? Well, me and a friend, just cousin, we was a cousin. We just, just ran away. I guess he was a runaway, and I just followed him, you know. So you know, I went to school for it, you know. How long did you stay gone? Till the neighbor called us the same night, and then he let us sleep in his house and took us back the next day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we did it a couple of more times, and then we slept under the same house that I'm telling you all about, which was three stories. The chimney was down in the ground. And you could have sleep right up, cut it to the chimney. So wow. that's as far as we ever went. Wow. You know. It sounds like you were raised in a pretty tight-knit community. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Because we had everybody was watching you. Didn't, there was no trouble back then. Um, uh, you know, it was like a community. You didn't have, like, gangs, people coming in there trying to take over. It was respect. Neighbors respect neighbors Right. back then. Yeah. You know, you very seldom see this these days. Yes, yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? But back then, that was just like... A mandatory thing they had to do on Saturdays. Everybody get together, have little cookouts, play play games with the kids, half ball, softball, spend time. You know, the woman spend time with the little girls, the man spend time with the boys. People don't have that obligation to do these things no more, and that's why things are the way they is now. People running astray because nobody focusing on what should be. Right. You know. Now I know you talked about. Um running away with your your cousin and everything who's your favorite relative in your family was it your cousin or did you have someone that you felt like you were really close to growing up in your family well it was my sister, your and, sister. and my mom's yeah my sister mm -hmm. really it was my sister because I was attached to my older sister and you know everywhere where she went I was there and then she made sure I was it was just me and her mm -hmm. And she made sure that I had, and I just got attached to that. And we buried had that close contact, you know, until when she died in New York. And um, I'm always have memory of her and my mom. My mom just passed, you know, but it's, 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 it's things that accumulate from that that, you know, I really don't want to discuss it, but, you know, those two, yeah, I would have memories about, always have memory, and Maddie, like I said, you know. So, James, in your life, have you fallen in love? Yes, I did. Once or more than once? Just just once. Just once. I tried twice, but it never did work the second time. But mm -hmm. the first time, yes, I did. Will you tell us about her and how you all met and well, a little about your relationship? All right. I was in Florida at Fort Lauderdale. I got a job at a place called Federal Millwork. And um, the man who owned the place was a preacher. So I had to take two bus and um, she used to catch the bus and then one day she didn't catch the bus I was there so the friend of hers was there so he told me that he had a message for me it was a phone number with a name she used to call her at 12 so I called her at 12 mm -hmm. we talked it and um, she asked me where I was from I told her South Carolina and bam bam and you know she invited me over to dinner and from then we just met like that um, I got a job, another job, trying to help out, 
And then all of a sudden I moved from where I was at with her. And that's when our relationship began. You know, me and her, we had a problem up one time and she slapped me in the face with a hat. Oh, you know, no. and other than that, well, this was my fault because I went to work and drinking with the boys. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> a new job, the job I told y'all I had doing the, the precast work. And the day at the mall at every Friday, the boss and his son would buy two coolers of beer. We'd knock up at 12. Mm -hmm. And instead of me going home, I sat there drinking beer, not knowing she would have catch her attitude. Mm -hmm. So when I went home, opened the door, put my hat down, she slapped me with the hat. <laughs> and um, I never then went back and drank beer with them no more. Oh, no. <laughs> what was her name? Her name was Maddie Level. Oh, Maddie. Yes. And did y'all have any children together? No, no, no. She had three three sons and two daughters. She did? No. She had a full house. Yeah, well, they was going. They wasn't staying there until she right. got her brothers, two brothers, and then his daughter came home from prison, and then his wife, his son, girlfriend, then I moved out, so... You know, and after that, I guess all that stress, then she was diabetic. Right. You know, so she's trying to take care of herself and other people, which was impossible. You know, but I still got it in my heart to this day. And then you, you told me earlier that you had moved out for the month, like you just said, and then what happened after that? No, I moved out. When, when all that moved out, when, when family and all that moved in, I moved out. Right. And um, I went and found another little place, and I went out of town for work. Right. So we stayed out for a month. And right. when I came back, I saw her son, who was working at a tire hut. And that's the man where your mom at. He said, Mama died. We buried Mama sadly. Mm, wow. You know? And uh, I said, man, I didn't believe that. So when I saw the other son, the oldest one, he told me, said, yeah, man, we buried Mama. So I waited around, I get my check, and left. Caught mm -hmm. a train and came back here. Yeah, yeah that's got to be really um, a traumatic thing. Especially to be in love and yeah, but you know what? It's, it's all come down to understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, you very seldom find somebody where you you attached to, you feel comfortable being with, and I guess right. that was me and her. You know, I've tried that since, but I've never get that 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 vibe Delivered, with nobody. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, because they don't show me that the infection that they show you is all about a game. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They ain't serious about that. Yeah. And I'm not going to be a mice going into a trap. I'd rather live with memories of her than to live memories with somebody putting their arms around me and don't really mean that. Right. right. I think love, um, just even the idea of love has changed so much Yesterday. Over, the, over the years. And the way people love or con what they consider it to be. And I think it's it, it can get toxic now. And so even trying to venture out and find someone new or feel that connection again can be hard. So I would understand why yeah. <laughs> you yeah, but, feel like, yeah. Yeah, but you know, some people, some people, when they get out of a relationship, they, they don't leave bygone be bygone. That's mm -hmm. just like if you said, can you forgive somebody? Yeah, I can forgive you, but I will never forget what you did, right? Mm -hmm. That's not forgiving either. If I can't forget it, then ain't no sense of me forgiving you. Mm -hmm. If I forgive you and I always remember it, then one of these days I'm going to have to say something about it. Right. So yeah. in order to forgive somebody, you got to forget it and everything. And move on. And move on. Yeah. See? So ain't no sense forgiving nobody if you want to remember it. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that 100%. Mm -hmm. yeah.
For those of you just tuning in, I'm Jay Smith with my co-host Summer Anderson, and we're talking to James Mack today, uh, a little bit about his life and his experiences growing up, and um, we just heard a really great love story. And so we're going to take a short break here and play a song that means a lot to Mr. Mack here, and it's called Things I Can't Change by Willie Banks. So please enjoy the music and thanks for listening to, listening to OHM Radio, your non-profit, non-commercial radio station. If this is your will, help me understand the things, the things I can't change. I can't change the song. Oh, no, no. You know. And we're back. Thank you so much for tuning in to 96.3 FM Ohm Radio, your nonprofit, non-commercial local radio station. We are broadcasting live from workshop at 1503 King Street inside the Ohm Radio studio. My name is Summer Anderson, and I, along with Jay Smith, are the host of Tales from the Manor. For those of you just joining us, we've been talking to James Mack about his childhood, his great love, and now his song, Things I Can't Change, by Willie Banks. So, Mr. Mack, what does this song mean to you? I know it's really, um, I was listening to it earlier, and uh, it brought back a, a sense of comfort for me. I know I mentioned on previous shows that I grew up Kojic, and it kind of reminded me of my grandfather and just how he would speak about music and just uh, his walk with Christ and everything. So it really struck something in me. So what does that mean to you? To me, the first time I heard that song, it was like I was going through a lot of changes. Always whining about 
doing the right thing and people take it like you're doing the wrong thing. I consider myself not like a, 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 a cent or anything like that, and I don't try to be better than nobody else, but, but I try to conduct myself in a way that I want people to conduct me. I won't go there and take your car if I know you done paid for that car, and I can take your car and go sell your car. That taken from you. I don't want nobody doing that to me, so why should I do that to you, right? And it's just that thing that you go through a lot of times people don't appreciate that. They, they pretend that they do, mm-hmm. and they really don't. So going through things is like going through change. I can't change these things, and I can come to a point where I can try to change it, but who is that for, me or them? So I might as well just go ahead and let the gospel be the gospel mm-hmm. and try to be the man, better man that I can be. Right. You know, because, I mean, we are going through things. People are going to talk about you, look at you the wrong way, say things about you, whether it's right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? And the thing, nobody can change these things. They're going on and on and on. And that song opened my eyes up to this, mm-hmm. you know. What are some other important lessons you've learned in life? Well, I mean, trust, honesty, um, things that... People call humanity and respect. Mm-hmm. I learned that. You know, I'm a, if I make a mistake, then I, I paid for that mistake. It doesn't mean that I have to be um, judged or classified for that mistake twice. Okay. It was all right for me to say this. Yeah. All right, I'm talking about like reform, for example, mm-hmm. right? right? So if we go for reform, I was locked up. I was locked up, and I'm not ashamed to say that. I did 20 years out of a 30-year center for assault and battery because I went with somebody. My mama asked me to wreck the yard mm-hmm. and cut wood. She gave me $5. A friend came and said, let's go shoot a pool. I went and shoot a pool. I found a little 22 in a brown bag, had tape around it, the bullet was green. So when he asked me that, yes, I went in the house, put the 22 on me, mm-hmm. and went with him. Right. So when we went in the pool hall, we went to the, I went to the, to the back, racking the ball. Three guys came in. They was white guys. I've never been prejudiced or hated nobody in my life. So they came in. He went up there messing with the dude. So one of the dudes take him, push him over the thing, and bam. So I went up there and I asked him, I said, man, what's going on? That's all I said. Okay. Bam, the Android, you want some of that? So I did hit him. And the other one hit me right here. With the pool, I got the mark right there. I see. Wow, yeah, I see. And um, he said, uh, when he did that, I had the 22. So the man that I shot wasn't the man that hit me with the pool stick. And I learned from that lesson right there. If I would have did what my mother had asked me to do when she paid me to do it, wreck the yard and cut the wood, I would have never got trapped up in that storm mm-hmm. when my friend brought the storm to me. Mm. See? Now, if the other guy would have stayed what his mother and them told in the courtroom, we asked him not to go with them at the pool hall. So he was disobedient too. Right. So me, me, me disobedient, he being disobedient, the old, well, I mean obedient, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, went to jail. I got 30 years. He wow. went home. Unbelievable. Wow. Another man got paralyzed. Who shouldn't have been there? Right. See what I'm saying? So yeah. I regret that. Yeah. And to this day, I, yeah, I, I regret that, and then I still hold that. But I was I paid for that. I think you did. And I did 20 years out of my life in three months. Mm-hmm. 
for something I'm not going to say I wasn't guilty for. Yes, I was guilty for it, but I not was fully, fully responsible. The man who went there with me should have been punished too, not go home. Right. Hmm. Hard to justify that yeah. when you're the one locked up for 20 years. Yeah. So, and this is this, what this happened. So after coming home from prison, I went to school, went to rehabilitation, trades, some of everything, mechanic, painting, welding, all this. But when I was released from jail, I couldn't even find a job. Now I paid my debt to society when I did the 20 years. I thought I did. Right. You know, but when I came home and put in an application, they told me, oh, we can't handle you because you're an act felon. You're still being punished. I'm still being yeah. punished. But why should I leave? Why you let me out if you ain't going to give me the chance to use the skill that you taught me in there? Right. See, now I got to go to the temporary service mm -hmm. and pull out an application, which is the same application mm -hmm. from another job, Walmart sales or whatever. You understand? If I can, if you will accept my application, why they can't they? Mm -hmm. The same thing. I'm working for somebody. I'm being around somebody. But you trust me here making less money for somebody else to make more money, then I'm going to get tired of this. And like I told you in the truck, I had to get two jobs. Mm -hmm. And the only thing saved me from going back was my son. I was losing patience because I see everybody driving nice cars, getting nice clothes, hair is going to the temporary service, getting just enough money to pay for the dinner me and my girl are going to have for that day. Now I got the struggle to get rent to pay for the, for the rent. Right. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Now I'm throwing bricks now. See? All because of why? You won't even give me the chance. I can't even come out here and vote. I can do it now because I was out of prison from 1991 and to this day and then had a, a record since. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But I'm talking about other people who just coming out here. Why train them or teach them these things? And then when they come out here, you're going to still throw the book in their face. You're not going to give them not, a chance. You ain't going to give them a chance. Unfortunately, it's a, a vicious cycle mm -hmm. um, that just keeps running. And it's sad to say it's in certain communities that we see those cycles just over and over again. And we preach forgiveness or second chances, but it's rare that you ever see that second chance given. That's true. That's true. And you know what? I kind of feel bad about that myself. And then a lot of other people who've been in prison along with me mm -hmm. and with me or after me should feel bad about themselves when they got out of prison because, see, we were shown these things. Yeah. What we should have did was turn around, went back as some kind of advisor to these brothers and sisters and say, listen here, mm -hmm. the thing that y'all seeing in here is not reasonable to you. Go to school, get an education, and better yourself. Yeah. Going to these here, making trades, you're doing work for them. Not for you, because you ain't going to be able to use that when you get out. Exactly. Go to school, get an education. See, I did went to school, but I didn't went to school enough. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? But I did have enough sense. Right. Where I see I was getting back in the trap, the midst, just like a coon in a box. You don't know which way to go. Right. See what I'm saying? You knew you got in there, but you don't know how to get out yeah, there. Same way to cry out. You see what I'm saying? So I had to find a way out. And that's getting another job and throwing my mind off negative things and putting on positive things. I got a son now. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And that's what really motivated me yeah. to stay out here. Because you had to set a, a good example. Yeah, and yeah. I, I had to do that. Not that I wanted to do it, but I like that. I mean, right. it was a struggle, in it? Mm -hmm. It was a struggle. I got to go out there every time I get a little check. I got to go to Burger King, McDonald's. I used to go to Hardy and get a dollar biscuit for me, a dollar biscuit for her, and a 25-cent soda in order to keep money to pay my rent. Mm 
on Friday. Right. So I had to get another job. I mean, it was getting hacked up. And this is what brothers and sisters going through when they get out of jail. It is. You know, it's the struggle, and and it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, and there's not enough programs that are orchestrated to uh, fill that need for second chances. And I'm actually really glad that you brought this up because there's one um, that just started here in Charleston. It's called a, a second chance program. Right, right. And it's for that in particular, for people who are just getting out of the system and everything. And they're wanting to work. They're wanting a second chance. They're wanting to prove themselves. They want to prove themselves, but yeah. they ain't getting a chance. No. And they've already done the time. They already did they've the time. They paid the price. They paid the price. That's right. But you got to be able to get your foot back in the door. In the door. And they ain't going to let you do that. Mm-mm. James, how would, how would you like to be remembered? How would I like to be remembered? The way people see me. And I'm being honest with this question. The way you see me, the way I carry myself, I can carry myself in a respectable way like I try to do every day, but other people don't see me like that. You know, one step to some people is another step. One step to another person is another step. You understand? It's just like a smile turned upside down. So if, if I can say I'm a good guy, and then when I'm gone, somebody might come by and say, he ain't been nothing. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It might be an argument, but who ought to say? So whatever you think about me when I'm gone, that's how I want to be remembered. But I remember myself as being me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you take back your power on that. I take, yeah, that's, that's it. I, uh, whatever you, and it ain't not going to matter to me no way what you say, because I ain't going to be here to know. <laughs> I remember myself as a good guy. Mm-hmm. That's why I going out as a good guy. You may call me up, uh, whatever, I don't know. You know, so it doesn't matter. Well, James, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes. Thank you for tuning in and supporting independent media, local music, and live public affairs programming. OM is a listener-supporter station and relies on listeners and donors like you to stay on the air. You can donate and learn more about upcoming events and our programming schedule at www.ohmradio963.org. That was a great show, James. Thank you for sharing. Yes, thank you so much for coming into the studio. Had a no wonderful problem. time. No problem. We'll see you guys next time. All right.